You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Good morning, everybody. I hope this message finds you well in your homes. Uh, I'm excited about this day. I'm excited for the opportunities that we get to have to be church outside of the building that has been associated as the church. We know that's not the church. The church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the, the body of Christ, the church is of people. It is individual members. We are the church. We are the body. It is not this building. It's, this is just a vessel in which we come to praise God together. Uh, And when we can't be together, I'm grateful that though we're not together physically, we can be together spiritually. And that the Lord can bring this word, deliver this word where you are right now, deliver the word to you in truth and power and authority, and the body of Christ is still unified. We don't have to meet in this building to be unified. Praise God for that. He is so much bigger than a meeting in a building once or twice or three times a week. Isn't that awesome? Man, that gets me excited. I love, I love when we meet in this building. I love this building very, very much. I love this building. But I'm also grateful for when the body of Christ is not only in it. Right? I'm, I'm excited. I'm hoping that the weather is nice Today, if it's, if it's nice where this message is finding you, open up the windows, open up the doors, let the word of God, let, let the, the praise and worship echo out of your homes, that it would impact those around you, your neighbors, that the kingdom of heaven would be established in your neighborhoods, at your homes. Before we start this morning, I've just got a quick announcement. We are starting to collect uh, the Easter eggs, the little plastic Easter egg containers that we put candy and prizes and stuff in. We're starting to collect those uh, for the children's ministry Easter egg hunt that we're going to have in a couple weeks. Now, um, we'll have information on this on our website, so you'll be able to look at that, and and Sarah and Melissa will get all that stuff up there to you. But if you would like, and we would love for you to donate candy and Easter eggs, so if you have those and would like to donate some of those, please just uh, get in touch with Melissa or Sarah or Rhonda and just bring them up to the church, bring them up to the office. We're open Tuesdays through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 1.30. So if you can get in at that time, deliver them to Rhonda, she'll get them in the right place. Um, you'll most likely run into Melissa when you're doing that. So anyways, that's the big announcement. We also have our baby shower for Stephanie Hubbard. That's on the website as well. I'm pretty sure it's March 7th, but I don't, don't quote me on that. All I know is it's not this weekend. That's as, that's as good as I can tell you because I forgot to look at it before I started doing this recording. So because of that, just look on the website where we'll have all of our calendared events, everything that's coming up. You'll be able to look on that website. You'll be able to see it all there. Uh, and it'll keep you up to date. Praise God for that. I love that we have a website where we can do this stuff where I fall short of remembering information. We have a place where all the information is held. Also, just a little plug. I was talking to somebody this week and, you know, they were wanting to listen to us. They were wanting to listen to our sermons and our, and our podcasts. And, uh, but they are having a hard time just because they, 
they don't always have uh, they don't always have time to go to our website and track it down. It's like, well, it's really easy. Sarah's made it really easy. We've got all of our messages are on all streaming platforms. You can find them everywhere. Everything that has podcast capabilities, it's on. We are on Spotify. If you have Spotify, I know that's what we use. You can look it up on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're with iTunes. I mean, you can find us everywhere. Okay, so just look, Sundown Church, and boom, we pop up, and there we are. You'll see our logo. And so if anybody's been interested in hearing what, what the Lord is doing here and what, the, what the, the Lord is speaking out of this place and to this house, and they want to know more about that, they want to listen to it, they can find our messages on all those platforms. They don't just have to go to our website. That's a great source for a lot of things, but that is not the only source to hear the word of God from, that's coming from this place. So anyways, if you have anybody that's interested and been trying to get plugged in, we have Sarah and Steve have made it incredibly easy to get plugged in. Even if you can't be here, they've made it so, so simple um, to, to join in and, and to listen and be up to date on what the Lord is doing here. So I love that. Okay. Anyways, moving into the lesson. Let's just pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for the goodness of who you are. We thank you for your, your tender mercy that finds us each and every day brand new and fresh. Lord, we thank you for the power of your word. We thank you that you are a God that pursues us. You are a God that yearns and desires for us to labor alongside you. Wow, that's so cool. So amazing that we get to be vessels for the presence, the living and active presence of God. You have made us and equipped us to be perfect vessels, temples for the presence of God. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the reality that brings this presence of God that would kill people as they came into contact with it, that would blind those as they looked upon, looked upon your glory. That presence lives in us, walks with us, and is established each and every place we go. So we thank you for that reality. We thank you for that fact. We thank you for that truth. We pray that you would be glorified in this morning. Lord, we pray that these words would echo out, that the kingdom of heaven would be established not only in our homes, but in the homes of those around us. That we would see revival begin to take place in our neighbor's lives. Lord, it's so simple, this life. Not meant to be complicated. All we have to do is say yes and amen to what you have for us and let you do the rest. Say yes and amen. And you will do the rest. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in this place, all that you're doing in this city. And you are good and worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to start this morning with a story. A, a story of revelation just uh, with, with, between me and the Lord. Um, and now this happened on a car ride. Any of you parents know what it's like to drive, many of you do, you know what it's like to drive on a long road trip with children, young children. And it's not always easy with two very active little boys. They don't do sitting, sitting still for long periods of time very well. They're movers, they're active, and I love that. I love that I don't have to encourage them to get off the couch and go do something 
Um, I have to pull them back to settle them down. So anyways, we had been on a road trip and there was a a moment of stillness. Um, But I was just reflecting with the Lord as I do on road trips and he talks to me often and I I love those times where it's just uninterrupted with him sitting in the car with my family as we drive. And I can't honestly remember what situation it was that started this conversation. But this had been a conversation between me and the Lord for a long time. Ever since the birth of Liam, my firstborn who's a five-year-old. So this has been a five-year long conversation between me and God. Because I remember very, very clearly when I had Liam and we were going through all the things that we go through, um, as, as new parents, and you've got an infant baby, I remember, and I've always struggled with anger. Now, I've always struggled with anger. Now, I'm victorious over anger, so I don't say that I struggle, but I've always had an issue choosing anger. That's been a generational stronghold that me and my father and, and my brother have totally defeated and are currently defeating and keeping it at bay. It's not anything that our boys and our children and my father's grandchildren are ever going to have to encounter because we three know who the Lord has called us to be and we're walking in it and that stronghold has been destroyed and we're just keeping it at bay. We're continuing to keep it destroyed. But it still comes and attacks. And you know this with strongholds. If you struggle with something, you've got it well taken care of and well defeated, but then a new circumstance you've never encountered before arises and you realize, oh, hey, it still has a root dug in my heart here. And having Liam was one of those things that I recognized that I, okay, this is an area of anger that I've not yet had to deal with because I've never had a child before. And I remember I would be holding him, trying to rock him to sleep, and he'd just be crying, 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 crying. And I mean, not any more than any baby would, but I just remember I'd be holding him for what's felt like hours upon hours upon hours as he's crying. And I would get so angry, not at him. I would get so angry at myself because I completely felt and recognized my, what I, I, what I was recognizing, what I was listening to was this inadequacy to be his father. That's what I was hearing. That's what I was hearing. I was, dude, you're not good enough. You're not getting it done. You, what you have to offer isn't satisfying your child. You can't, you, you, you can't help him. And I dismissed that away as just, uh, you know, it's just, I'm only getting angry because, and it, it, would just, it would just bubble up inside. I'd have to give Liam to Sarah and take a break and go sit out on the porch for a few minutes and settle down. But it's just, I just felt anger in me. And I felt anger, what I thought was because, dude, you just want to fix it and you just can't. It's okay. It's not a big deal. And I justified it as that. But back to this car ride, five years later, I'm sitting with the Lord and he's brought it up again. And he tells me, that's not it, Parker. It's not because you couldn't fix the issue. Because you still find yourself struggling with anger and you can communicate with your son, you can fix the issue. And it wasn't that I was angry at Liam, but there was anger around Liam. It's like, okay, it was getting dangerous because I could feel the enemy trying to use me to get at my son. And that's, that's when you know this is, all right, we're knocking this out right now. 
He will not, he will not speak a lie over my son. He will especially not use me to do it. My son will grow up knowing who the Lord has called him to be. Both of them, all of their life, they will only know who God has called them to be. But what he told me was that what I was seeing was the requirement of selfishness, or selflessness, sorry, the requirement of selflessness necessary to be his father, as the Lord has called me to be his father. To be found faithful with little first means that you can then be found faithful with much. And raising a child is is being asked to be faithful with much. And I knew I can take you, I could take you right now to the spot. I could put you exactly where I was when the Lord told me who God, who, when the Lord said who Liam would be, who he's called him to be, when he, he shared with me his identity. I can do that for both of my sons. Great responsibility that he had given me to be their father. But what I was recognizing is there was a requirement that I wasn't meeting. Why was I not meeting it? There was a requirement of selflessness. Last week we talked about the things that we hold on to that prevent us from walking in the fullness that God has for us. From seeing the dreams that God has given us fulfilled. To see, from seeing the promises that God has spoken over us fulfilled. We, we miss those moments because of the things we hold on to, that these things that we create in us, for us, by us, these expectations around God and how he'll move. But to walk in fullness of all that he has for me, I can't be focused on me. What is an expectation around a promise or a dream given by God? It's self-focused. This is how God will do something for me. Let alone, let's, we dismiss so quickly how amazing it is that God would even speak to us, speak promises of goodness over us, give us dreams of wonder and beauty. We dismiss that so quickly, like, yeah, yeah, of course he did that. Now, this is how I want him to do it. It's the focus of me, the focus on me. I have to be focused on only him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's not my life, it's his life. To walk in fullness of all that he has for me, I can't be focused on me. This is the kingdom paradigm, right? We've seen many of these kingdom paradigms over time. What we see on earth is the exact opposite in heaven. So we see on earth that if you want to have more, if you want to live in abundance, you have to be focused on only you and your abundance. In the kingdom of heaven, to have abundance... I must die. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. And what has Christ come to do? Give life, but not only give life, give it abundantly. So if it's no longer I who live, but the, the abundance giver who lives in me, I will experience abundance. I will have abundance, but I can't focus. I can't get to it, access it with any kind of selfish mentality. Philippians, don't go there. I mean, you can go there if you can get there. You can pause this. And, uh, but this is just, I love this passage. I love this verse, this section of, of Scripture so much. 
Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. For, that's, not the right, that's not the right passage. Oh, I'm in one. That's it. That's why. I'm in chapter one. I need to be in chapter two. Verse four. Philippians two, verse four. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others because we cannot forget that we are members one of another. We are the body of Christ. This finger cannot be consumed with what it can do. And its jobs and its task and all that it has before it. Because the second this finger only focuses on this finger, it loses its functionality. Because if I cut it off from the body, it is useless laying on the floor. It can do nothing without the hand, without the wrist, without the arm. It can do nothing without the rest of the body. Individual members of the body can't be focused on themselves because then they are cut off from the body. So how can we function as the body selfishly? We cannot. But why was there selfishness? In this story of my, my, my parenting and growing up as a father to my son, why was there selfishness to begin with? And it's not what you think it was. I was measuring my performance as a father. It wasn't selfish because Liam was keeping me from anything that I wanted to do, as we would think in selfishness. Selfishness is the focus of me. So when I looked at my beautiful, perfect son, with hair as gorgeous as Samson, the strength of Samson, and called a guardian of promises and a strong-willed warrior. When I looked at that, gift of God, only explained by the goodness of God, when I looked at it, when I looked at him, I began to measure myself as inadequate to father him. I began to measure my inability to be his dad. Why was I measuring? Because I'm not the only one that measures. We talked about this Wednesday. If you heard my Wednesday lesson, if you haven't, pause it, listen to Wednesday, come back. Or listen, go back to Wednesday, come back again. I don't care. But listen to Wednesday because we talked about measuring. And we went a different way with this because we weren't talking about the, why we measure. We were talking about where genuineness has gone. And measuring was explaining that. But why was I measuring? Why do we measure? Measuring is a sign that there is no abundance. I use, oh, excuse me. I use this example on Wednesday. If I'm in a desert with a water bottle and I've got water in it and I've got no source of water anywhere around me, how much you want to bet I'm going to be measuring the amount of water in that water bottle. I will measure it without fail. I will constantly be monitoring that water because I have no abundance. If I have an abundance, I'm not worried about where my water's coming from. I'm not worried about it because I know I can always be full and I can always overflow because there's abundance. First Peter 2, verse 9. 
But we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. When we don't believe we are who God says we are, we cannot ever hope to operate in abundance. So we have to measure. So what has to happen then? In order for me not to only operate in abundance, but live selfless as God has designed me. You've got to recognize we only measure because of identity. Because if I have more, I feel worth more. I feel worthy of more if I have more. Think about what we talked about last week. What are these expectations around? They're promises and dreams of God. What are we doing though? When we set these expectations and we start, I use this kind of, I mean not really a very gentle example of us being beggars scavenging for parts to put together a dream from God. Settling for less, but we think the more I can get that looks like this thing that God has promised me, the better I am, the closer I am to it. Self-focused. Self-focused. When we do that, though, when we measure, it is all about identity. We don't believe who God has called us to be in fullness. So therefore, we measure. Trying to collect enough to justify and to feel justified and to feel worthy of who God has called us to be. So we measure. So I would look at this perfect son, this wonderful boy, And I would measure my inability to do it. Not because that inability is true. It is when when you think of Parker's ability to raise this, this son of God. Parker has no ability to do it. But God does not call me Parker. The Lord calls me Redeemer. The Lord calls me Restoration. That's not me. That's the vessel That he consumes and that's what he does through this vessel. That's the work of the Lord that he brings through this vessel. It's not me, I'm a vessel. A boat only reflects that which fills it. A boat cannot decide where it wants to go. It can only go where it is directed. Same with us. We have identities that the Lord has given to us. And when we receive those identities, there is absolutely no inadequacy in them. There is absolutely no inability found within them. Because the Lord did not give Parker Liam. The Lord gave Redeemer guardian of promises. And when I operate in that identity, as that vessel, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that boy is raised the way God intended him to be raised. That boy sees Jesus in his earthly father. That boy sees a perfect image of his heavenly father in his earthly father. Because that's the design. The first glimpse 
of God is to be found in us. My wife and I. The first glimpse of God for our children is to be found in us. But there is a requirement of selflessness. That selflessness comes very naturally when I receive fully who God has called me to be. And what ceases, what will stop in that moment, the very, very moment I receive fully all that God has called me to be, what immediately stops is my measuring. I no longer measure. I have no need of it. Because I know the abundance in which I operate in. I have to see me as God sees me. In Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That is to you. That is for you. That is who you are. Hear it. Receive it. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You are God's temple. Psalm 139, 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When I was yet there, was, when I was yet there was none of them. John, chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Who were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We are the children of God. He gave us that right when we received him. And we have received him. So you are no longer this person on this earth. You are a child of God. And in you is no inadequacy. And in you is no need to measure because you have the fullness and complete access to the kingdom of heaven. It is for you. The kingdom of heaven is for you. You are a royal, royal person. You are royalty. You are royalty in the kingdom of heaven. You are a son. You are a daughter to the king of the universe. And the kingdom of heaven knows you. And the kingdom of heaven is not without resource. The kingdom of heaven has access to all things. Physical and unphysical. Physical and spiritual. Everything. And I'm telling you, when you receive in fullness who God has called you to be, you will no longer measure. There is a requirement for selflessness. And it is impossible without receiving who God has called you to be. You are worthy for the anointing he has given you. Hear that again. You are worthy 
for the anointing he has given you. You are worthy to be called his child. You are worthy to carry this mantle of heaven. Believe who he says you are. Believe in fullness who God says you are and live selflessly. And create the mystery. The world operates on selfishness. So if those arise who live selfless, the world will take notice and it will be a mystery. It will be a mystery. Those who gather together selflessly loving one another more than they love themselves and recognizing this simple truth that when I love you more than I love myself, you now unlock things in me that I did not know were there. You unlock great potential of this identity I carry and the giftings God has given me that I may have never discovered. But they're impossible without you because I am only fully me and functionally me when I'm plugged into the body. We can only be functionally who God has called us individually to be when we are plugged into one another. For we are members one of another. But you cannot plug in if you do not first receive all that God has called you to be. And I'm talking about all that God has called you to be. And we are barely scratching the surface of who he has called you to be. But I'm asking you right now to say yes and amen to it each and every day. Make this decision a thousand times a day if necessary until it's no longer a decision you have to make. Because you simply wake up in it. Having received it fully. Never having to convince yourself of it again. Only ever living in the receiving of who God has called you to be. Make, it as, make that decision as many times as you need to for you to wake up one day not having to make those decisions because you live in it. Because it's, it's, it's everything that your life is rooted into. That is my prayer for you. The Lord, the Lord gave me this on that car ride all these months ago. Changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. I had to ask Sarah to pull over and, and, and take over driving for a little while so that I could sit there and write all of this down that the Lord was speaking over me. And this was months ago. God is so good. And he pursues us. And I'm telling you, it has been so cool to raise my boys understanding that truth. That he has anointed me to raise them. He hasn't anointed Parker. He's anointed who he's created me to be. The vessel that I am. To raise those boys. It has been wonderful. It has been a freeing experience. So, so blessed to raise these two boys. So blessed to, be have, to have been given them. To be their earthly father. What, a, what an honor. And I know you understand that, parents. I know you understand that. What an honor it is to be given these children. But there is a requirement of selflessness to raise them. There is a requirement of selflessness to live each and every day as God has intended. 
And it is added unto the receiving of who God has called you to be. Because it is naturally in your DNA as a kingdom citizen when you receive that fully and live as a kingdom citizen. Selflessness is wired into the, to that being, to that person. So I would ask you this morning to receive fully all that God has for you. The world around you needs it. Why would we waste any more time not receiving who God has called us to be? Why waste any more time? Is there any more time to waste? I ask you that. No. We are in urgent days where the children of God will rise up or they will not. I, for one, desire that this house would be amongst those that say yes and amen and rise up. Rise up to live as God has called us to live fully and completely, selflessly, being a vessel for kindness, being bridge builders and not dividers, creating unity, spreading love, the person of Christ who is love, giving hope to the world around us, bringing back the prodigal sons and daughters seeking to return home. Will we rise up to that anointing, to those mantles, simply by receiving who God has called you at home right now, who he has called you to be. Receive it fully each and every day until it's no longer a decision you have to make. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing this morning. We thank you for all that you're doing in our community. You are good. You are worthy. You are amazing. And we love serving you. We love walking with you. And we can't wait to see what you do next. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.